All right. It is officially a World Cup year. 2022 in Qatar begins in November. Um, the U.S. men's national team currently sits in second in the table um, with three qualifying spots to the World Cup, three automatic qualifying spots, I should say, with the fourth place being um, sent to the, the playoff to qualify in a one-match playoff um, to make it to Qatar. But coming into a huge window um, at the end of January into early February, um, with a couple big home games um, and one away game. The two home games um, will be against El Salvador and Honduras and the away game, obviously, at Canada. So big matches there, um, definitely matches we should expect to win, um, especially the home ones, but um, with games that we need to win. So a little bit more pressure on them than, than just uh, a friendly where you're playing a team you're better than. It's obviously going to be a tough road, but – um, Ty, how are we feeling? I'm feeling great. You know, I can't can't wait to get into this news about the new um, games coming up and also the new transfer news, the big peppy one, my boy. But I can't wait to get into that all this stuff in the future. Yep. Let's get into it. First uh, first up, yeah, let's just jump right into to talking about Peppy. Um, kind of a, a swing change of events there at the end. Um Originally, reports had come out that it was almost a done deal, him heading to Wolfsburg, but um, last second change, and he is now heading to Augsburg on a $20 million transfer fee, um, highest in in FC Dallas history, and I believe MLS history as well. So um, a lot of money being paid for the, the 18-year-old, but um, what do you, uh, how do you feel about Pepe overall? Honestly, I, I'm i kind of medium to Augsburg. You know, I feel like they're a team that's kind of bounces between first division and second division. They're usually in the first division, but they're still a team that kind of gets bounced around. I'm kind of worried about his development there. Obviously, I think they're if they're paying $20 million, they're going to want to play him early. So I guess that is the good news, that they paid that much for him. And obviously, I'm rooting for him. I think all U.S. fans are rooting for him. But I just kind of worried about the location. Wolfsburg is a better team. But in the past, they've kind of screwed over U.S. players. I guess John Brooks still plays there. But younger players, U.S. players, they can't haven't really given them playing time. So right. I don't know what the perfect place would have been for him. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, the $20 million – uh, price is definitely a good sign for his playing time, at least. Like you said, um, makes me feel like he'll probably have a good chance to start right away as far as once he gets um, into team training and everything. But um, you kind of mentioned it. I'm a little worried with Augsburg not being, you know, mid-table or top of the table at all there. They are, I believe, one point above the relegation zone right now. So a little nervous for that. But um, I guess even if worst case scenario thinking, um, if he in division, um, it might, might, might not be the worst level for him to play out for a year. I mean, he'd still be young, um, could probably for a year and maybe help him get back up. Otherwise, otherwise we leave if they stayed in second division. But, um, I, uh, actually was listening to you mentioned that, um, August, 
Packers actually have the second lowest touches in the Bundesliga, um, touches in the the final third. So that's not a great sign um, that they kind of, yeah, kind of struggle to uh, to create chances and, and get touches for their strikers. But they do um, – I looked uh, at their formation a little bit. They do run a two-striker formation, so I got to believe he'll have a good chance to to get quite a few starts, especially with two strikers up front. So, I mean, the guy the guy likes to score goals. So, for a team that doesn't get many touches, maybe he doesn't need as many touches, and he'll be able to score a couple goals before the end of the season. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That'll be important to stay stay uh, in form because. He's pretty much our locked-in starter right now at striker, so we uh, we definitely need him to be getting playing time at the very least. Um, but, yeah, let's move into um, Jonathan Gomez. Um, actually, just, I believe, last week headed to um, Real Sociedad. Um, he's currently training with the, the B team, which um, plays in the second division in Spain, so um, ex- exciting stuff there, making a big jump from USL um, and really good for USL League One clubs um, to kind of follow Louisville City and what they did. But um, how do you feel about about Jonathan Gomez? Honestly, he's kind of flew under my radar. I didn't know. I've heard the name before the transfer, but I didn't really know much about him. But yep. Real Sociedad, you know, they're they're a team that's always fighting for European League and uh, Champions League, so they're a high level team as well in Spain. Who some people, most people consider the second best league in the world. So, any move where we're sending players to top six clubs and the top five leagues, I think those are great moves for U.S. players. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Also worth noting that he just made his first cap for the for the um, national team. Um, obviously it wasn't our full squad. It was the December match with, with mostly MLS guys, but was good to see him get his first appearance and choose to, to come into camp with obviously him being eligible to play for us or Mexico. So, um, he's still in the process of deciding, but, um, I gotta believe it was good to get him around the team and hopefully recruit him to, to choose us just as, just like Pepe did, um, Pepe was in that camp as well. So hopefully they did some um, persuading. But actually, worth no- worth noting as well that he was involved in the only goal in that match. Um, had a pretty good strike with his left foot, um, as kind of what he's known for, and made the keeper make a great save. And then um, Cole Bassett scored the rebound, so um, was influential off the bench, and um, hopefully can uh, jump into even higher up on the depth chart soon because we are low on left backs. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. But let's talk about uh, Joe Scally. I know um, you're a big Joe Scally fan, so uh, I don't know if I'm quite as high on him as some others. I was just talking to somebody the other day that said they wouldn't mind starting him over Dest and then playing Dest on the wing for the USA. So I'm, I'm not uh, at that level yet, but I do think he's a, a really good backup option for us. But what are your thoughts on Scally? Yeah, I'm not with whatever that is, putting Dest at a winger. Um, I do think he is a great prospect. Kind of what I talked about earlier is he plays for a top six club with Gladbach in Germany and a top five league. And mm-hmm. he 
he's been consistently getting playing time, and that's just great news. And hopefully he develops, you know, who no one can say, but, I mean, enough playing time at that type of level, you'd, you'd think he would turn into a U.S. starter. And I know he plays right back and left back, so maybe he can be left back in the future. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the crazy times we're living in, you know, back in maybe 10 years ago if we had a player starting in the a top five league every weekend they would pretty much be a lock starter for the national team but with how much depth we have now it's it's uh, good to see that we have a lot of competition and um, depth for those spots so I uh, I'm pretty set on Des being our starting right back but um, as we've mentioned before on this podcast with three matches in most the World Cup qualifying windows we're going to need more than one right back and he should be able to get some starts even if he is the second string. So um, hopefully hoping to see more of him. Um, hopefully Burhalter thinks highly as highly of him as we do um, because yeah, he's been balling for Gladbach to, I think two assists, one goal and really just looks comfortable, looks solid on the ball and doesn't have very many rough performances. Looks pretty much solid every match. So. Let's um let's move into uh, another transfer. Daryl DK um, heading to West Brom. Um, the fee um, I saw on Twitter was nine and a half million. Um, but we were just talking a little bit about West Brom. But what do you think of uh, DK's move? I mean, it's same kind of the same thing. Uh, West Brom is a team. They're in the second English division, the championship, but they're a team. Um, that kind of like Augsburg, where they bounce up and down um, into the Premier League, and I think now that he's made this move, all U.S. fans are be rooting for West Brom to reach the Premier League, just to have another player in a top five league. And I, I've kind of been a DK doubter. Um, I don't <laughs> know how. I don't know. I haven't been impressed with his performances for the U.S. team. Yeah. But, We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm. I mean, I'm rooting for him to um, score goals, though. Yeah, yeah. He. I don't rate him as highly as a lot of people do as well. Um, a lot of U.S. fans really, really think you know he could even be like our starter, or maybe second on the depth chart. Um, but like you said, I, I'm hoping he has a good start at West Brom. He um, already showed he can play well at that division when he played for Barnsley. Um, I believe he scored nine goals while he was there and obviously wasn't even there the full season. So um, if he could, I mean, get anywhere near that pace, that would be good. Um, West Brom, like you said, has a good chance to move up. So um, I think it's a good move for him. And if he can get playing time, I think everyone will think that's a pretty good club to be at. Um, And as far as national team performances, I agree with you. I haven't been as impressed as some, but um, the goal, it's its worth mentioning that we should maybe take some of those with a grain of salt because um, I think he was playing injured for a few of those games. And he did, he did play well versus some of the lower competition teams we played, but would have liked to see him play a little better versus when we played better teams than Martinique and Haiti and those type of teams. So, um, still, the jury's still out on DK on how good he can be, but I mean, I think I think the overall theme with a lot of positions is 
guys like DK. We want the coaches and the fans want these players to stand out and be the lead, like be the like number nine. We want DK to be the number nine, but he just lacks in some games and he doesn't. He isn't the clear cut number nine starter. And the same thing with like left back um, and some of our defensive positions. We don't. Our players just don't. They're not a full time starter, and it's kind of it's kind of annoying. And we get to the point where that needs to change. Yeah, yeah. Would would be nice to to go into a, a World Cup qualifier where we know who the starting lineup should be, and there's no question on who who our top guys are. Then they can kind of get more rhythm playing together more often, and hopefully all of them stay healthy too. But um, yeah, as far as transfers go, I'm sure we missed some, but. Those are kind of the big ones we wanted to touch on. Um, I think next next thing we wanted to cover is just um, Christian Pulisic's situation um, at Chelsea. I know um, wanted to talk a little bit about his performance versus Liverpool um, and also just his future at Chelsea and kind of what we think is best for him. He obviously, I think it's pretty clear at this point, he's not going to be leaving um, during the January window. Um, some people wanted him to, some didn't. But what are your thoughts on Christian? I mean, coming from a Liverpool fan, it was a pretty good finish he had. Um, <laughs> I didn't really want him to score in that game, but I, I'm kind of torn on his situation. I I think he can be a Chelsea – I don't know. It's weird. Chelsea is weird. They, Tuchel likes to play players out of position. That part's weird. But I think he can be a top left winger in the Premier League. He just needs to stay healthy. Yeah. And if he stays healthy, that'll be, I think, easier to tell. And if he stays healthy, I think he can be one of the best left wingers in the Premier League. But that's a big if. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so pretty much his whole career for club. Um, he hasn't really had a season where he stayed healthy the entire year. And, um, you know, you're only as good as – is your availability. So um, definitely that is, is something that he needs to, to get fixed. Um, and we definitely need him to get that fixed for the national team. Um, I've heard too many people saying that we can, we're just fine without Christian just because of how good Aronson's been playing lately. But I think people forget just how much he does for us. Um, and I think people will realize that once, once we, um, actually give him some more starts with the best midfield. A lot of times in his past national team games, he's starting with Leggett and Acosta in midfield, and he's having to come all the way back to midfield just to get a touch because we don't have anyone that can advance the ball. So I think people will realize how important Christian is to the national team soon. Um, hopefully he can get a start with McKinney and Musa, and it's going to be scary. And not not for us. So, <laughs> I mean, the people that say, I mean, the people that say he's not the best player on the team, I don't think they watch. Like, I'll be, I'm the biggest Pulisic doubter, and like, I'll doubt when he does stuff. But the dude is our best player, and it's it's really not close. Like, when he's on the field, that's if you watch the game, it's not close. How much better he is than the rest of our players. I don't know if I'm gonna go. And say all that. I think McKinney is is really valuable to our team. Um, I I do think those two are kind of ahead. 
yeah, they do have a little bit of space between them and the rest and they're a different level, but you're right. Um, with, especially when you're talking about attackers. Um, but as far as our whole team, I think him and McKinney should both get a shout as far as how valuable they are to us. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that, um, we yeah. just need to get them on the field together more and keep them healthy. McKinney's good, but I still think Pulisic is on another level. It just seems that way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Yep. Well, let's move into um, just our uh, our best lineup. I know we're not going to give our entire lineup, but wanted to talk a little bit about just now that we hopefully will have everyone healthy for this window with uh, Reina coming back from – um, injury finally in team training with Dortmund again. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about who we think would make the most sense to to play for our front three and our midfield with um, everyone healthy. So I'll I'll start and then want to hear your thoughts as well. But um, I know most people have kind of locked in Reina as a starter, um, but I think it's hard to argue what Tim Weah has done the last six matches or so for for the national team i mean man of the match versus mexico goal versus jamaica you could argue he had a goal versus costa rica i think it went down as an own goal but he's been pretty influential in in a lot of our goals um and just looks like one of the best players on the field almost every match and um it's also important to note that i think him and christian kind of complement each other pretty well with way on the right and Christian on the left. Christian obviously likes the ball at his feet a little bit more and way as a lot of off ball runs and kind of keeping the balance there, I guess you could say a lot of space. Um, so it's, it's interesting because I don't think I would ever say that geo shouldn't start for us, but I do think that there's probably a conversation that Greg and the other coaches need to have about what would sense for a three-game window as far as maybe starting Christian and Wea together one game and Reyna a, the second game or rotating something like that but um, also could move Reyna into the midfield but I think it's just I just think it's hard to break up McKinney and Musa and what they've done the past few games for the national team it's we're dominating the game when they're starting so I, I uh, I'm kind of torn but what are your thoughts um I've always been a believer that Reyna plays best in the midfield. I just don't think he's a true winger in the first place. Yeah. Um, I've also, I don't know, I'm, I like Musa and I'm glad we have him, but I'm still not, I just don't know how much scoring he brings. He's a great, like, holding midfielder. But I think I would play, personally, I'd play Reyna over Musa um, mm-hmm. right now, but I think that would be more competitive and more of what I'd be looking at than uh, Reyna and Weya. Hope, like, and hopefully Weya separates himself and becomes that right winger and can be the, that lock-in starter. And then I'd worry more about Reyna and Musa. And then kind of, I feel like that'd be a good problem to have. When right. Have those two competing for a spot. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be a great problem to have, to have everyone healthy for, for most matches, which we haven't had that luxury, but um I I agree with what you're saying on Musa and Reyna definitely provides more. He's going to, he's going to have more end product, more goals, more assists, even if he mm-hmm. is in that midfield spot. But um, I think 
while you were saying that, it made me think of the fact that maybe wouldn't make wouldn't be a bad idea to have yeah McKinney and Reyna um, the midfield together the first game, and then if we needed to rotate our midfield, second game could be Musa and Buzio, and probably obviously wouldn't be the same level, but could mm-hmm. definitely could definitely hold their own, and that would be a great way to keep everyone fresh because. Um, I definitely think Musa deserves starts, but um, it's it is a fun conversation to have of of what makes the most sense for our best lineup. But like we know, there's a lot of rotation that goes into these three game windows. So yeah, and also like I like I don't want to hate on Musa, but having Musa, McKinney, and Adams, McKinney and Adams aren't really scoring midfielders either. Adams definitely is a defensive midfielders, and McKinney can score goals, but he's not a scoring midfielder, whereas I think Reyna is a scoring midfielder. And to be honest, I think our off we need offense to, like, stand a chance. I think we need to score goals. I don't think our defense in the next year will suddenly become amazing. So I think offense is maybe where we should hit hard the most. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we can talk about it all we want, but hopefully um... – Burhalter actually gives Reyna a chance to be in the midfield because we haven't seen it yet. So true. That's hoping true. for that. Hoping for hoping to at least see that of a little bit um, this window and and uh, yeah, it'll first and foremost get him and Wea healthy because right now they're not. Neither of them are playing for their clubs, but should be back hopefully soon. So um, yeah, let's move into just kind of the overall goal and what we what we think we should be shooting for this window with. Um, like I said, the home match versus El Salvador first, then away at Canada, and then home versus Honduras. Um, what uh, what do you think realistically would be a good goal for for points wise? Knowing we're currently in second in the table and one point ahead of of third and fourth. Um. So for the next three games, I'd say I'd say at the minimum we need five. I'd say five, four would. I wouldn't love it. I don't think it would be great. I think five is the minimum. I, I kind of think I've been saying that, repeating myself, but I feel like five out of three games is always solid. Um, no losses and at the worst, a draw. Yeah. Yeah. I think Honduras and most windows, I'd be pretty happy with five, but having two home games versus El Salvador and Honduras, I'm going to be upset if we don't get six from those two games. So my, I would be happy with seven. Um, I feel like we'd be in a great spot to qualify. I think we'd probably be maybe one more good result away from qualifying with three games to go. So um, we'd be in a great spot heading into the last last window of three games. But I also don't want to just go into Canada hoping for a draw. Um, so I'm anxious to see what Burhalter does as far as a lineup versus El Salvador and versus Canada because you want to win those home games, but maybe he's thinking we could win against El Salvador without our best lineup and then go to Canada and get a good result with our best best lineup out there. So we'll uh-huh. see what happens there. Um, I'm anxious to see, and I know a lot of U.S. fans are kind of starting to feel a rivalry with Canada because they – they like to talk a lot of smack now that they're in first in the table. So it'd be nice to shut them up as well. 